Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insight, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member for the Love Yourself Foundation. How are you doing today, JR? (laughs) I'm doing good. It's nice to have you back. It's just nice to have you here and, and being able to record these episodes in person, so... This yes, is great. totally different experience, and I'm excited for today's episode because we are doing the second generational Let's perspectives go. episode, so we have lots of cool things to discuss today. Yeah, it sounds like there are people out there that actually enjoy this segment, so it's very interesting to have these conversations with two different generations, but show that even though there are differences, there are similarities too, so we'll see what we can talk about today and see where we can go from there. Do you want to start us off? Sure. (laughs) I know you weren't prepared for that. (laughs) I was not prepared for that. Okay, so my topic for today is on relationships. Interesting. How you create that connection with a person that you're interested with. How do you deal with being in a relationship, especially when it comes to issues in a relationship? I wanted to see what the difference is. This is actually a really good generational perspective because I think my generation has... A different approach because social media has played such a big role in not only finding a relationship, but how it plays out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to break it down to try to make it simple. I guess we can go point by point. Yeah. You want to just start with... Let's start with the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how... What is it that you find attractive? And I don't even know if that is something that we can even get into because I feel that's subjective. Here's how I'll frame it. Me and my generation use dating apps. Like I will never... I think it would be like a luck of a hand of God type moment for me to meet someone in person and and move forward. Now, that's only because now I'm not in college. And so it would be only a grocery store type moment (laughs) (laughs) because I don't have hobbies either. If you have hobbies, and we've talked about this before Mm. in our episode on attraction, that when you're close to people, you're more likely to get in a relationship with them because you're around them all the time. I don't have any hobbies or things. My coworkers are mostly female, so I have nothing that would lead me to being with a coworker or something like that. So first of all, dating apps, which I know that you can speak to your behalf too, Mm -hmm. but for my mom's generation, when she started dating again, she found it very weird to do it all online when she's very used to it. And I think because I grew up with social media that 
it doesn't feel very weird at all and it almost feels like instagram but right. like in it like everyone on there is admitting that they're looking for something and so I will say as a disclaimer for this section, I feel like my approach to relationships is not the consensus. I will say that. And so we can dive into that. Maybe there are other people that think like me, but from what I've seen from my friendships, it's not necessarily the approach other people have. Mm -hmm. But most people do use dating apps. And for me, it's an unspoken agreement in people my age of which apps are for which things. So Tinder is only for hookups. You're not on there to date anybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you're on there for. (laughs) Facts. And like when I would date, I would go on Bumble and I would set all the presets because you can filter on Bumble. So making it very specific there of who I'm interested in and making certain things. Before I dive in, because I will talk about how I pick a partner, because I do think that is important in your own self-growth journey as well. But I want to hear your beginning, your perspective on the beginning. And do you use dating apps? Yeah, I think that my millennial generation... I think we are gravitating more towards apps. In the very beginning, it was a little bit easier to have that interaction with somebody, to court somebody, I guess you could say. He's old. Dating myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're in the wrong generation. I think it's a little bit easier back then to talk to somebody and actually talk to somebody, not like texting or anything like that. You either have to call that person or you have to meet them. But I think now with technology and the way that things are going, it's a lot easier for us to to fall into the apps and make that a little bit more of a comfortable experience. And I have used the apps before. Not necessarily Tinder. That one was a little bit scary for (laughs) for a second there. But mine was primarily Bumble. Okay. That also definitely was an experience for me too because I've already had an issue with putting myself out there like that. It's very open. It's very scary. (laughs) Even for me, I admit that like picking the photos and the bio and everything. It's like, how do you frame yourself? You know, Right. And I'll get into that in, in a little bit of why I stopped using the app. But my experience with Bumble, of course, me trying to put myself out there and, and do all that was very nerve wracking. And I think that as I've gotten older, the harder it gets for me to do that. For me, I get a lot of anxiety. I am in my head a lot of the times of whether or not somebody is even interested. And honestly, for me, I think I'm in the mentality where I feel like I might be overstepping boundaries if I were to say something to somebody in person. So if if we're at a bar and I saw you across the way, I wanted to say, oh, I, I just want to stop by and just say that your hair looks really nice okay. or your outfit looks very beautiful, whatever the case may be. I feel like I'm overstepping someone's boundary. Like you don't want to hear that. Really? So I always wait for the female to... Which is what Bumble is for. I always wait for her to say something or for her to come to me because then that that validates my way of thinking of, okay, she wants me to talk to her versus me. Do you know if your friends also feel that way? They don't. Majority of my friends are very, it's easy for them to go and just tell somebody like, hey, I think you're cute. Can I buy you a drink? Whatever the case may be. For me, I go into my little shell like a little turtle and I'm just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to. So validate your experience. And this is where I don't necessarily know if I'm the consensus is that I do not like when men approach me first. If I wanted you, I obviously would have done something. You know what I mean? And that's why I liked Bumble because then I had the control of that. But like anytime any man has approached me in person, it's made me feel very uncomfortable Mm. because I'm like, like what gave you the audacity (laughs) to come up to me? (laughs) Even if it's not even like that, (laughs) but I've had men literally run at me to say hi or compliment me. And it's almost, do you not understand like what females go through in fear of men? And so I think that I guess maybe just the people around my age are not smart about thinking like what I 
what goes through my brain when someone's running at me, (laughs) which has happened more than once. It's crazy. Yeah, I definitely, that's why I liked Bumble because it allowed me to make the first move. So I guess that helps validate your experience. Yeah, and I'm glad that you ended up mentioning that because that is what kind of goes in my head. You guys have a tough, I would assume, of just being in the dating realm or being in that environment of people constantly coming up to you. And I can see how that would be uncomfortable, especially the way that some people have done it in your past that I don't try and do that kind of stuff or really I don't ever do that just because that's what's in my head so I think that there's a difference between doing that to someone you like there's a way you can do it where I wouldn't be uncomfortable but most times like that's which is funny because I've talked to women in my generation and majority of them are the opposite they're like no we want you to come up to us we're, we're tired of being the person to make the first move. We want you to come to us. So I think that's where the difference is, at least in, in my generation of male versus female or, or whatever it, it may be, is is what I'm thinking might not entirely be true. But I guess it, it also depends on the person too. It does. I think it really does depend on what the person wants because there are people that don't want to do any of the work and they're like you have to pursue me and all of that mm-hmm. and for me i guess this is this will help segue as well my approach has always been to marry even 16 i never was like oh i'm gonna date this person for the time being i've never had that approach because i never want to go through the breakups so why am i gonna date someone knowing it's gonna end and why am i gonna waste my time right really because then we can just be friends why do we have to be serious and committed and have me fall in love and then really like it ends and so i've and i know that's not something that's really popular at my age and even with my current boyfriend his his dad even was like oh you guys should just have fun don't take it too seriously and for me like people will say that you're so young don't even worry about that stuff but my approach always has been that way Mm -hmm. and i think that changes one a sense of urgency so a lot of people are like if they don't have that urgency or that desire to marry they don't really like for me i always make the first move or go for it because it's getting me one step closer kind right. of right the potential in that person that yeah. you want to go after that yeah and so it helps move things along and lets me move on to whoever else is my soulmate and i guess if you don't have that approach and you're just dating for fun or to date in my generation it would be something that's the guy has to approach me and make me feel valuable does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. totally And I think that, again, I think in this type of generation that I'm in, if you haven't already been married, have kids, been in that experience, for me, I'm single, been single for about three, four years now. I know a lot of people close to me that are single as well. I think the mentality is that mentality of just enjoy yourself. Interesting. Just enjoy yourself. Because yeah, you're right. People your age definitely would have that. Yeah, exactly. I think I've known majority of people who've already started their family when they're like 25, 26, something like that. But us that are in our 30s, before 35, and have not had that experience, I think the shift has been made of understanding, no, I'm going to enjoy my time. Like I'll date around, but nothing super serious. Why is that though? Do you not? I feel like, and for me, love is such an important value and it's really a big part of who I am. So a big part of my purpose is to be loved and be in love with Mm -hmm. someone. So if I was 35 and I didn't have anyone, I would feel very sad. And so I could never picture myself in a position to not approach every situation like this could be my husband right yeah Yeah. i think a a couple things because i 
I have the opposite mentality when it comes to that, that if I was 35 and still single, I'd still be happy. And I think the reason why, again, this all is still, it can always be personal. Everyone's journey is different, right? Majority of my life is I've been in long-term relationships. My first relationship with, uh, was with my high school sweetheart, and that was 10 years we were together. The next relationship I was in was five years. So I think now being in this space of being single, it's almost like you never were really single exactly. that long. It's, yeah. it's a realization of, I've always been with somebody. Why don't I just try and be by myself? Maybe there's a testament to that of like your own self-discovery journey and how much can you really do when you're with someone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think not the to the issue of the, my partner that I was with at the time, but I end up losing myself in those relationships. I think a lot of what I've learned and being in a relationship comes from my dad and his relationship with my mom at the time when they were married is to do everything you can to make her happy, even if it sacrifices your own happiness. That is what I've learned from. And I always thought that was the correct thing to do. So a lot of... Which obviously leads to problems. Exactly. (laughs) So I think that me losing myself in those relationships, it gave me that realization once I was out of them of understanding, hey, you need to take time to know who you are Mm -hmm. because you don't know who you are anymore. And that brought me joy being on that journey of just taking that time for myself. And now that I've been single for this long, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Do I enjoy having experiences with other people? Of course I do. I do. I enjoy meeting new people, meeting women and all that stuff. But is my mind in that realm of, I need to find somebody now? Hmm. It's not. And I think also too, when I talked to my mom after that last relationship, which kind of blew my mind, she even validated that as well, which normally she would never say anything like that. She just ended up saying, no, take your time, enjoy yourself. I think that for me, because I think that's why a lot of people want to stay single. But for me, I really had a deep dive of who I am and I did therapy and don't I feel like I can continue growing with someone and I don't have the impetus. But that's only because I did the work to make sure I could still do that. And so the idea of living by myself or um, not really sharing that experience with someone is just something that seems so contrary to how I've perceived my life to be for so long. And so I think that mentality for me has always led there and I'm still allowed to grow and find myself in the meantime as well. So it's an interesting combination, but I think that approach makes sense depending on how you mm-hmm. lived your life up until Exactly. And the same thing for you too. Obviously what works for you and being in the spot that you're in of understanding that really helps you make those important decisions of being with somebody. And going off of that, you mentioned how do you pick a partner? So for me, it's a big thing. And it's something that I don't always like to talk about in a podcast form because, and I guess the disclaimer listening to this is each situation and each person listening to this has a different framework for how they interact with other people. And so for me and how I grew up, I needed therapy to be able to be in a healthy relationship. Okay. And like what worked for me in my situation and why I did things the way I did is a big part of why, because how I grew up and how I viewed my parents like relationship and in, in divorce. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big aspect too. And looking at sometimes people like see their parents super happy and stay together forever and they understand how a healthy relationship works and can go into that and and everything works off the get-go and it's fine unfortunately that's not most people because the divorce rate is so high digressing though i think that for me when i picked a partner for so long it was always what i thought it should be and not really what i needed Mm. and so i would pick out these things and 
guy after guy, it was just not what was best for me. And I would convince myself to look past the red flags or things that you thought was important to me. And like, I can look past that. But if you're losing your values and things that you know are important to you, then that says something. And it's, I think when you're my age, obviously really hard to do because mm-hmm. we're so young and don't really understand. And so for so long that happened to me, people I dated and were great people, but not great for me. And eventually, and obviously in therapy, I looked at understanding what really is important and matters and my therapist told me after your relationship ends write down the things that you realize i really do need this and i didn't realize that maybe before the relationship but during i realized how much this was important to me or the fact that this was missing really hurt me or the fact that he did this was really important and making a list of that really helps you remind yourself when you get in the next relationship because the way people get blinded by love is really problematic and you forget those things and you say oh yeah i can't remember really that i wanted that so that way if if things are happening or things aren't happening you can look at that paper and be like oh this isn't going to work because i remembered how bad it hurt last time and how i told myself this is how i was going to approach it so after i did that and i really wrote down like the things that i needed the things that i need to make sure were not there that's why my current relationship has been so successful it's six times longer than any other relationship i've been in and it's because i let go of the artificial things i wanted in a partner and really looked at what was important to me and once you do that you can let yourself stop the cycle of it's not working over and over so for me when i look at my preferences and stuff like that i think that it really as time went on (laughs) me acting like i'm 40 um (laughs) i feel like you're my age (laughs) (laughs) it really came down to what are my values and how can i have a partner that complements that and really we cohesively help each other be the best that we can be and so understanding what that looks like because it looks different for each person i've been in a relationship with someone that's super extroverted love talking to people love being the life of the party that's not me and as much as i love being pushed to have an adventure and be spontaneous being pushed to that extent was something that wasn't making me my best self it made you uncomfortable yeah and finding the balance there finding what works what doesn't is really what helps you eventually get into a relationship that is really meaningful yeah see and this is why i love having this not necessarily the topic but just this segment of the show because there is a similarity there, at least I feel like in our generation that you're experiencing right now, in our age, we're starting to be more acceptable towards therapy and talking to somebody about your issues. And that is what I ended up doing three, four years ago when I got out my last relationship. I needed to seek counseling, seek therapy to really talk through the things that I've been holding on to for a very long time. My past when it comes to relationships, now it wasn't with a lot of people, but a lot of things happened with the few amount of people. And I will be the first one to admit that I was not the best partner. Definitely made a lot of mistakes in that time frame of the 15 years of being in a relationship with somebody that a lot of those mistakes were, I was bringing into another relationship or it was on my head. That's the cycle I'm talking about. Exactly. It took me leaving that relationship and not hopping into another one because that is the norm for me of just finding that next person and going right back into to something. That's what drove me to want to be single and to really take this time to understand who I am and honestly to let go of those things that I've done 
or the things that have been weighing on me. Because when I was talking to my counselor at the time, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this early on in, in the episodes, he basically was just saying that all these other women have moved on. Like they're with other people, they're enjoying their lives now, but yet you are still suffering. And really what it comes down to is like, how much longer do you want to suffer for? How long do you want to just keep holding this on your shoulders? Because guess what? The next person you go with and you haven't dealt with your stuff is going to go right into that same mode. Mm -hmm. So it really took that time for me to let that stuff go and finally just be okay with it. It took me writing every single thing that I've done that has been weighing me down on a piece of paper and burning it. Not letting your past define your future. Exactly. And really just giving myself that time to forgive myself, which I've never done before. I've forgiven other people time and time again. It's hard to do. But I've never done it for myself. <laughs> it's it's so hard. But once I was able to do that, and thankfully through therapy and counseling got me through there, maybe realize that, no, you know what? I do enjoy being single right now. And I do enjoy just having my own space and, and doing this for me because... I haven't had this opportunity before. So I think that is where that similarity is going through therapy and really digging deep to understand who you are. I think both generations are doing that same thing right now. Again, a plug to go to therapy if you haven't. Yes. As always. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think it really changes everything. And I will say, like when I'm looking at why my relationship works now and I think why it's hard for relationships to work is both people have to have a mutual understanding and a mutual approach to the relationship. Like it literally has to be a puzzle piece that fits together. You can't be the best partner and the best version of yourself if your partner is not reciprocating that Mm -hmm. as well. Because you can do everything and the relationship still is going to be one-sided and you can only get yourself 50% of the way there, which is still failing. (laughs) (laughs) Just FYI. (laughs) Just in case you forgot. Um, And with that, I think a lot of people are like, if I perfect myself and I've been to therapy and I have healed my trauma, all these things and I've reflected on the past and I know how to do it then the relationship will work and then it doesn't and you wonder why Mm -hmm. and it's because the other person has to fill that gap lucky for me my boyfriend does and he understands how to like communicate well and is the most patient person ever and his attachment style works with mine but in the cases if you haven't looked up already you can look up the anxious avoidant and secure relationship styles to really learn more about who you are and what kind of partner you need to be with which is so much to read that i can't even talk about on the episode (laughs) but like for example i'm anxious and so i need a lot of validation a lot of security so if i was with someone that was also anxious we would be a mess Mm -hmm. and if i was with someone that was avoidant they wouldn't be providing me that that validation i need but because my boyfriend has the patience and is willing to always provide that without being annoyed, it works. But say he would get annoyed and he was like, I don't want to give you validation every single day. This is too much. Obviously, that's enough to break the relationship. So I I hope that example helps frame why both people need to be on the same page. Yeah, and I think being a product of divorce and seeing that dynamic, which you thought was going to last forever, end up not being that way kind of puts things into perspective also of realizing it takes two to tango in this type of relationship. And I'm not surprised in myself that the relationships I was in did not work out because I was using that mentality of what my dad had put forth into me of just this is how I think a relationship should work, but really it didn't end up working. So I kept doing the same thing. So obviously it didn't work. So 
I think taking that time again to figure out who you are and what your likes are and your desires and all that stuff is really important because at the end of the day, which is something that therapy has shown me is that the most important thing for me right now, or the most important thing is me in my life. Definitely. That putting myself first is what is allowing me to then make the decisions in the future of where I want to go. Are there any other relationship based questions you have? We did the beginning part. We did while you're in the relationship. How do you deal with with the after? So for me in the past, (laughs) very chaotic. I feel like breakups are always hard. And I always used that as a lot of people like this is something I know is a consensus in my generation is you break up and you then become the best version of yourself in spite been like a this is what you lost out on kind of thing (laughs) um or because you are now having the capacity to move into that full potential of yourself that your relationship was holding Mm -hmm. you back from two kind of avenues there so whenever a relationship would end I always that was a transitional period for me where I would reflect and think, okay, what are all the things that I wish I was doing or could have done different or want to be doing with my time now and try to fill my time as much as possible to allow the soreness of the breakup, the heartache, if you will, Mm -hmm. to calm down while I'm not paying attention to it in a way, which is avoidant in a way of not really addressing. But in the same way that I always tell people to acknowledge the emotions so I would cry all the time I would cry every minute of every day that I was able to cry and be upset but as soon as you can allow yourself to do that and process emotions your body's like okay let's go like you you allowed yourself to mourn and I think that that's important a lot of people are like I don't want to be sad I'm so sad mad at myself for not wanting to go out if you keep pushing that down and repressing it into the box it's going to keep pushing and trying to get out of the box Mm -hmm. and so the minute you let it out it can just be out and return back to your heart and you can move forward so that's my approach i think in our generation spitefulness of wanting to get over somebody um is, is definitely there i would assume that the grieving process is pretty prolonged for us as well and I, I can only speak for myself when it comes to this kind of stuff but the grieving process of an end of a relationship seems to take longer than i would want it to you've also been in long relationships though. also too yeah so there's a lot that goes at them. it's just not her it's her family it's her siblings whatever the case may be but yeah and i think that there is a toxicity when it comes to that especially for social media where if you're still following that person that you're in a relationship with, I think this is kind of big, like in the Facebook time when it was still popping. I can't believe I just said that. That you try to, the toxicity is where you try to keep tabs on that person. that You, you want to see what they're up to, but at the same time, you want to see if they moved on. For me, it's more of me in an inward spiral where it's, is she still thinking of me? Does mm-hmm. she still love me? Does she want to get back together if I'm still thinking of her that way? So that has never been beneficial for me and my mentality, which definitely have gotten rid of that kind of side of myself. Yeah. But yeah, even I say that now, but I I was dating somebody for a couple of months late last year. And that was the first person that I had dated in since my last relationship that kind of hit me hard too but even then it was a different type of grieving a little bit because it i made the decision of saying no i'm not ready for a relationship right now because i know i wasn't going to be able to provide that time to you that has never happened before because usually i would just be like yeah let's do it even though i would want to tell that person how i really feel yeah 
it's just easy for me to not have that quote unquote confrontation that even with me expressing how I feel and being completely honest with that individual and it not working out at the end because she was looking to be in a relationship with somebody i felt like i've still made it a bad decision of telling like second guess yeah yeah. like second guess myself or realizing oh maybe this would have been good but again that's just me going back to old habits even in that sense it's still trying to get over that idea and try to move on the best that you can yeah i definitely on this one i can't speak for my generation as a whole but that's how it works out for me Yeah, it's really interesting to see the different approaches because it's different than I would have expected for your age. But also maybe that's my own biases coming through. Mm -hmm. But the next section that I wanted to talk about was caring for the environment. Oh, okay. And if you aren't aware, the Love Yourself Foundation also plays into how big of a role love comes into how we care for the environment. So not only do we have to love ourselves and each other, But once we're able to do that, we're better able to care for the environment. So I was really interested with everything going on. Climate change is something that's super, super important to my generation and something that we're very aware of and cognizant of. But I want to hear about your perspective and what you've seen in your approach. Yeah, I think for our generation, we are in the same mentality or same boat of wanting to do the best that we can for our planet. I think that the way things have been done in previous generations didn't really set us up for something that is sustainable. So I think a lot of our ideas and uh, not just recycling, but bigger tasks we can get our hands on. I think we are definitely in that mindset. Now, is everyone doing it? Probably not. But I think that's just how these issues end up coming about is because not a lot of people are doing it. We want to try to spearhead that as much as possible. I feel like our perspective is very much if you can do things, that's really good. But a lot of us are like, it's up to the governments and organizations to make the most impactful change. Mm -hmm. Almost like the mentality of me as one person isn't going to really have significant change but we really are pushing for companies that do have a big impact to make those adjustments yeah that's actually a good way of putting it too is that mentality of what am i going to change it needs to be bigger than just me but at the same time you provide that change too if you're going to do it express it to somebody else maybe they'll do it Maybe their family will do it. And then it just, yeah, it'll just trickle down from that way. But yeah, it definitely needs to be some bigger moves when it comes to. And I wish that there was a bigger movement, even a social media movement of people realizing the impact. I took a food class in college, actually. And our impact of food in the environment, obviously food has a big reaction when it comes to pollution and all of those things with farming and our ability to feed people. Mm -hmm. And we learned all about those aspects. And one of the things we learned is that people don't realize the power they have and that in stores, because they showed like a couple of examples of them a couple of years ago, where if people stopped buying things, stores would stop selling them. And it's that simple. And so if we as people were like, we want more options like this stores would carry them because they know we would buy them but if people are saying hey, i'm just one person i'm not going to make the switch i'm not going to eat less meat i'm not going to do all these things they're not going to stop because they'll lose money so i think that if there was a bigger move where people were understanding that if we collectively on an individual level make those changes that we can't have a big impact but it's just hard to be like okay i'm doing my part are you doing your part and i believe that a lot of it too comes to the education. There's a lot of documentaries that are out there. You can go on Netflix and you can spend 
13 days watching a whole bunch of stuff, but it takes that interest for someone to do that in order to educate themselves. And I will be the person to say that, sure, I might not be totally on top of every movement that's out there. Am I contributing to the pollution? Sure. But I think that I'm open-minded to the idea of what it is that I can do to make some change that is really the catalyst for doing that, not only for yourself, but for everybody else as well. Something that I'm really interested in right now is the reusable houseware, like the dish soap and the refillable bottles and Mm -hmm. stuff. I think that if that change can be made, that would be really monumental in reducing plastic. So stuff like that, I feel like why have we not been doing this already where everyone gets set and they literally go to the grocery store to just refill their bottle, not to buy a new bottle. It just makes more sense that way. So I really like that idea. And I think the problem tends to be money. Like a lot of people can't afford to make those changes, which is unfortunate. But I hope the consensus for me is always that change is something that we want regardless. You would think that making those quote unquote small changes would have that big of an impact that those changes wouldn't cost so much that if it was more affordable or even free in some cases, if you can't even afford it, would make things more sustainable. But again, it's marketing, money, how do we make more money? And it's kind of crazy to even think that is a topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. I think also on caring for the environment level, we have a big appreciation of nature. At least I do personally. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of my friends have made an effort to really enjoy the outdoors. And I think here in Vegas, it's hard because it's the desert in a city. So there isn't a lot of outdoors to enjoy. But even on my way here today, Jared lives close to the mountains. And it's really cool to see the mountains in the background and take a second to just enjoy it. And to have that love for the earth that mm-hmm. we live on and really just be like wow like i'm really happy and it makes me happy to see that and mm-hmm. enjoying the little moments right there to even bring back that appreciation for what we have i'm not one to go and we'll make that confession that, related to the gym yeah yes no <laughs> you can see the common <laughs> the commonality here that is something that it doesn't really come into my head about oh this is something that i want to do but it's not to say that i don't have appreciation for the land that we live on the world that we live in and trying to do the best that you can to preserve it as much as possible. Like simple acts of if I'm out and about, if I'm out in nature or whatever, and there's garbage around, I go out of my way to pick it up. Just try to do as much as you can to do your best. Honestly, you know what I think it comes back to a respect for life, like mm-hmm. life in general. And when I see people that just throw trash out their window or all the time, you know, and it really hurts me because I'm like, how do you not take a step back? How does that even happen where you don't care so much about the environment that you literally will just trash it and be like, whatever, because I acknowledge that there's so much plastic and trash out there and that sucks. But why am I going to add to it? I'm not going to add to mm-hmm. it. I'm going to do what I can to help. And I think that if more people had that mentality that there would be bigger changes happening. Yeah. It's crazy how often I I see that out on the road. I've even seen one time where they had a a fast food bag and just threw it right out the window. I'm like, what? (laughs) And when people are walking with a drink and they just set the drink down and leave it. And I'm like, how difficult. (laughs) Just right over there. Yeah. It's really frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. 
I wish we had the answer to that. I feel like obviously with this conversation that both generations feel very passionate about trying to save the planet the best that we can. It just comes down to a personal. Yeah. Some people do not hold that value. Yeah. So hopefully with time, things get a little bit better or at least the sustainability part of saving the planet becomes more commonality. And maybe we need to have a bigger push. And as the Love Yourself Foundation grows, we will have more campaigns and different things to help spread that message and help you understand how all of these things work together. Yeah. And I definitely will be one of those people who learns from those types of programs or workshops or any of that because I am not very educated in this space. Same thing with this show. That's the whole point of this show is to understand more of these aspects that you're not too familiar with. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. So our last topic today, I wanted to talk about how you construct your goals. This is something that was sparked by my sister and talking about different things she'd be interested in hearing about. So shout out to her. Her name's Cora. Shout out Cora. Understanding how your goals change throughout your life. So she's interested if my goals at 21 are different than your goals. So for me, when I think about how I'm planning and looking at the future, I'm looking at, okay, I have 40 years of like good work that I can be doing. And so my goals are how can I make the most impact on helping people? Because obviously in my degree and why I work for LYF Mm -hmm. is really like, how can I help the most people and simultaneously help myself become a better person each day? So all my goals are centered around that but a lot of them also are around building a life like establishing a career building relationships getting friends like all of those things are part of the goals as well so i'd be interested to see how do you frame when you're looking at the next 30 years oh man i think my mentality right now where i'm at i can't even think that far ahead just yet (laughs) (laughs) i'm so focused on the now and i think that's just because i'm trying to do my own thing i I think if i had the structure of a nine to five i think it'd be a different perspective of where i want to be in the next 30 years but because everything is riding on what it is i can do now for myself that's all i can see but If I wasn't a nine to five, let's just say, right? And I was looking at what the next steps are. I think a lot of it too is a little bit tangible, if I can say. Interesting. I would be thinking about when am I going to be able to buy a home? That would be the next step for me of where my life is going. But I think the, the overall sense of what it is that I'm trying to do, whether it's if I was a nine to five or where I'm at right now is to help as many people as possible in the ways that I'm functioning in these different projects that I'm in. So, so a lot more present oriented. Very present. Very future oriented. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just because I wonder if it is the amount of time that's left quote unquote. So Hmm. you're 21 right now, not even close to being in your thirties that it feels like there's infinite time, infinite time. Me being 33, about to turn 34, feels like something has to happen now for me Mm. to be where I want to be. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, I was very interested about that because I think at different points in our life, we have different things and different desires. So I'm glad to hear that that's true. Yeah, it definitely shows that it's different between the both of us, which I think is really interesting to see because I've always wondered within the Gen Z generation, if you are thinking about right now or if you're thinking about the future i think both i think most of us think about the future but me understanding happiness and like positive psychology i understand that you can't truly be happy if you're always chasing the future Mm. so i have those things in mind and my goals are always 
oriented that way I would think majority like in the majority however I try my best to enjoy what I'm doing now which is why I always advocate for people to leave their job if they don't like it and to do if you're my age obviously and you have the capacity to do because there's so much time that you need to be enjoying the present to survive honestly I think that same mentality goes for our generation too now being in our 30s realizing that hey you might not have a lot of time to do the things that you want to do might want to just take a chance and see if that is even possible whereas in our 20s we're just like messing around and just doing whatever and I'm pretty sure there are outliers that are out there that were very goal-centric and knew exactly where they wanted to be at a certain age, but I was just kind of floating around. I felt comfortable in the job that I was in. It paid good money, and I was able to be sustainable in that sense. Then I really wasn't thinking too far ahead. And now, especially, I'm on my own, trying to figure out how to make money doing the thing that I'm passionate about. It's so much time and effort into thinking like, what is it that I'm doing right now that's going to set me up? I'm stuck in the present. Wow. That is a great transition to my quote today. Yes. (laughs) Which you'd be surprised because I I didn't know beforehand this quote would be really great for the episode. But it is love like everything else in life should be a discovery, an adventure. And like most adventures, you don't know you're having one until you're right in the middle of it by E.A. Buchaneri. Wow. Gotta enjoy life. Yeah, I I like that quote too, because you shouldn't know that all that stuff is happening. It should just be happening and you're just in it. Yeah, it's the importance of being in the present and looking at life like an adventure. I think that holding that curiosity and that passion helps you find the value in things. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because that was the same exact quote that I picked. You're lying. I am. Sorry. (laughs) But it is in the same realm of life. I will say that. Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be nuts. My quote is, in three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on Hmm. by Robert Frost. So in the sense of, A lot of things happen in your life. Whether you're 21 or 33, you're experiencing all kinds of things all the time, whether good or bad. At the end of the day, life goes on. So if you're having a bad time, things don't look so hot, just know that will pass at some point and life will continue. I love that quote. Really applicable to the episode. Whether it's relationships or trying to understand where you want to be in the future, like it all just moves on. Mm Mm-hmm. Really good to remember in terms of understanding how we can use all of this to love ourselves is just understanding that time moves on and things will pass. But in that really understanding that there's always potential for growth and new possibilities, which is really nice. I think that's a perfect way to end this episode. And as always, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's Generational Talks segment and what it meant to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thanks for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.